Hello again. I'm Christina Young, and thank you for coming back to Gloucester Book Club's podcast. Tonight we're discussing The Salt Path by Raina Wynne. We hope you enjoy. Let's get started. Tonight we've got our usual podcast friends, Joe and Stella. And joining us as a guest, we've got our book club member, Jackie. Welcome all. Say hi, everyone. Hi. Hi. Hello. So, guys, we're having a mini heat wave here in the UK at the moment. Are you all feeling hot, hot, hot? Far too hot. Far too hot. Yeah, we are. We're not used to it here, you see. Um, So, okay, tonight we're chatting about The Salt Path by Raina Wynne. And this book was an 80-week Sunday Times bestseller, wow, Uh, inspired over 80 million readers, was shortlisted for the Costa Biography Award in 2018, and it won the Royal Society of Literature Christopher Bland Prize. It certainly is not Bland, by the way. Um, It's the story of Moth and Raina Wynne both in their 50s and living in Wales. And just days after Raina learns that Moth is terminally ill, their home is taken away and they lose their livelihood. With nothing left and little time, they make this massively brave and impulsive decision to walk the 630 miles of the southwest coastal path from Somerset to Devon. um, Well, no, Somerset to Dorset via Devon. And Cornwall. So uh, an incredibly intrepid thing to do and with only essentials on their backs they lived wild in the landscape. So Jackie I know you were particularly impressed with this book when you read it. It's your first time as a podcast guest so welcome. So tell us what you thought of this book when you read it. Um, Well, I loved the book. I read it at a time when I was struggling with COVID and I was ill in bed. So I was a bit of a captive audience at the time. Um, It resonated with me on quite a few levels. I think I connected with the story because we live in a small holding and um, hearing the struggle that they had with losing their own it really enabled me to um, connect really with with that sort of loss and how they would have been feeling Um, also the way that they went on their walk this tremendous walk through um, Devon and into Cornwall and then to Dorset really made me um, think of our special times when my husband and I were first together and we went to that area for our very first holiday and camping trip. So that part, that North Cornwall stretch has always been very close to our hearts. And we, we did a lot of walking there as well. So um, so I think that's why, for me, it really connected. It was that sort of book, really, that just gripped me. There's some themes in this book, guys, aren't there? Uh, one of the main themes that comes through is the theme of loss. Um, Stella, what did you think about that when you read it? Well, I was absolutely astonished at how much they'd lost. And it it was really hard to comprehend how they'd um, managed to actually decide to go on a walk and to 
to do that enormous endeavour. So they lost their home through a, um, a bad investment, but not quite clear. It, it may mm. be something slightly dodgy, something to do with a friend. But ultimately, anyway, they lost their home. Their home was also their business. So that meant they lost their income as well. They lost the life that they'd created there with their children. They'd raised their children there. So all of that was completely gone. Moth's health had deteriorated, so he'd lost his good health. And it really struck me that to do uh, to walk the southwest coastal path or any type of walk like that, normally you do it and you know you're coming back to your home and you're coming back to your life. And it really struck me that I, I found it absolutely astonishing that they did that with literally nothing to come back to. I, I uh, yeah, I, I'm just amazed at that. I mean, I think what a what an incredible thing to do. I guess in a sense, maybe they were slightly running away from everything. So they sort of put all their worries and all their loss on hold while mm. they did walk. But I, I was just reflecting on it today and I, I feel that for a lot of people, and certainly for me, in that situation, my first thoughts would tend towards how do I sort out rental accommodation? How am I going to sort out an income? The, the really practical, how do I move my life forward from this devastating point? But they mm. didn't. Backpacks mm. on <laughs> and went out and walked the southwest coastal path. So that was really incredible. Oh, no. And they're both in their 50s, these two, aren't they? Um, so the, the, this endeavour wasn't like a late onset gap year for them either. You know, it, it was a last resort and they could have signed up for a council house or a secondhand tent around the furthest reaches of the UK. So they, opt, they opted for that with moth just having been diagnosed with something called Corticobasal degeneration, which is a terminal neurological illness. Joe, what did you make of the the loss theme that ran through this book? Well, definitely, definitely, there is a there is a huge loss element, isn't there? They lost their home, they lost their business. They, I won't say they lost their children, but their children became slightly disconnected from them, which mm -hmm. is very hard to deal with. And the children must have felt they'd almost lost their parents in a way. Um, for them to set up on that endeavour just after Moth's um, diagnosis was was very gritty thing to do. You could also say a very irresponsible thing to do. And I was struck by the, um, to, to me, the irresponsibility of embarking on that sort of thing, bearing in mind that Moth's mobility had either gone or was, was just going. It was a tremendous thing to do. Um, I thought the um, thing that struck out, stuck out for me as the main um, fact that had an impact was the issue of homelessness. Yeah. I felt that homelessness was, was shown in the raw with this because they had been rendered homeless by their eviction, basically. The book opens with the eviction scene, with them hiding in the kitchen under the table. Um, and it ends with them, we won't say how it ends, just it, a huge thing for them to cope with. In the rural world, homelessness is hidden. So as they go around the around the coastal path, we see homelessness really only affecting them in the, in the way that other people react to them. As soon as they mention that they're homeless or give any explanation for, for their walk, uh, they notice how other people tend to react in a slightly sort of tense way and they drag their children a bit closer to them and they're slightly more wary than they were. So that 
obviously reflects on how we view homeless people. Yes. How they were viewed. Um, they did encounter on their walk a group of homeless people living in the in the countryside. So that homelessness is shown to be not just a problem of cities and large towns, it's also a problem of the countryside. Yeah. These were living in a, in a glen, if you like, um, almost representing a sort of um, nomad land of Cornwall, if you like. They, they were uh, uh, wandering around the countryside in a little group living in, in woods. Um, the other thing I would mention that struck me as a nice little touch in the book was the cameo reference to our poet laureate Simon Armitage. Oh, uh, yes. On, on, on um, imagine the pair of them, they look like they're, the image conjured up is that they look like a pair of ageing hippies, slightly bohemian. And there are a number of occasions on which um, Moth is wrongly thought to be Simon Armitage, who the locals <laughs> in Cornwall had heard was going to walk the coastal path at the same time. And indeed he did. Um, he, he walked from Minehead to, to um, Land's End, which is about half the distance that Moth and Ray walked. And he wrote a book called Walking Away. Um, as a result of that, his account of being a troubadour poet, walking the coastal path and earning his supper and his um, accommodation each night by reciting poetry along the way. Yeah. So I thought that was nice to yeah. touch. Yeah, that's, that was really cool, wasn't it? Uh, and very funny, actually, that he, they thought he was Simon Armitage. Did you picked that up, Jackie, didn't you, when you read it, about Simon Armitage? Yes. Um, before it was really disclosed to readers, I knew it was, I just knew it was Simon Armitage. You know, as soon as they mentioned Simon, I think probably because uh, a close friend of mine was also a close friend of Simon Armitage and um, introduced me to him at the Cheltenham Literary Festival when we were at college together and um, I've got a signed copy of his book so that was quite amusing because I, I wanted to see whether or not my hunch was correct and when we got to the end it, it certainly was so that was great. Yeah so that well that's quite cool isn't it to actually have had a connection with Simon Armitage. Do you think he would remember you Jackie? No definitely yeah. not. <laughs> he'd remember my friend Annie who's still a close friend of his um yeah. but um because they come from the same sort of area but uh, no he definitely wouldn't remember me it was a fleeting fleeting a uh, uh, meeting but <laughs> one of the things that really resonated with me through the book as well as that sense of loss was the sense of hope Yes. And, you know, the resilience that they had against all those odds, losing their home, the terrible illness, but they still had each other. And that cement of their relationship and the way that they stuck by each other and then carried on and, and went through all, you know, we hear about all the different trials along that walk, you know, with the water and the lack of food and the difficulties that they faced but they kept going and then at the end um you know that it all paid off really for them and that mm. sense of a new beginning that you got at the end of the book i think was really really important do you reckon you could have done it guys i mean it does does it feel a little reckless would it was it is this something that you could have seen yourselves getting involved with stella what do you think i think doing it as a couple 
is probably is possibly slightly easier because you do have there are two of you doing the mm. endeavor um so i'm not sure i like to think that i would do it but you know in reality i think probably not and not on my own because it, it's just a really really big thing to do mm. and um i think i really like the way though that the their relationship was they were so close so I agree with you Jackie I think it really showed a lot about their relationship the mm. book was just from um, Raina's point of view so it didn't really talk about her husband Moth and what he thought or what he felt even the original idea to uh, do the walk seems to have been her idea while she was sort of hiding from the bailiffs at the start mm. and it's quite interesting because she's completely silent on what Moth thinks about that. And of course, sure. he's had diagnosis of so his health is really precarious. Mm. But I do think it's a book of hope. Um, and I think it was their relationship is clearly very, very close. And the love they have for each other really came through for me very strongly in the book, even mm. though only heard from one person. And we only got the perspective of one person. We didn't get Moth's perspective at all. Interesting, though, there was only ever meant to be one copy of The Salt Path, which um, Raina was writing purposefully for Moth because Moth's memory was starting to fade. And she wanted to, him to be able to remember the walk and to remember the bits that they'd done. So she was writing it down as they walked. Um, and there was only ever meant to be one copy and it was printed on faded fading ink and it was tied up with string and it was supposed to be a birthday gift for Moth. But apparently her daughter read it when they got back from the walk and she thought that it was well worth seeing if a publisher would be interested in it. And the rest is history, as they say. Um, so that was an amazing uh amazing you know bit of uh, innovative work there by her daughter um so she she's she is an author now but that wasn't always the case um and she hadn't written a word up until autumn 2016 um so fantastic achievement i think if nothing else so as well as the themes we've touched on there's also this theme of the strength of their relationship which you have mentioned um, but it's also, and, and that incredible bond that Ray and Moth have. Um, I still come back to, do you think, Joe, that you would have done it? No, absolutely not. I wouldn't have had the nerve to do it. And certainly not after a diagnosis like that. There's absolutely no way I'd have set off to do that. Yeah. Like I say, it was okay. either well, or totally reckless, one or the other. <laughs> But they got away with it, whatever one, whichever one it was. Jackie, would you have done it? Again, I'd like Stella. I would like to think that I would do it. Um, but I don't think with my husband and I, we have so much baggage in terms of animal baggage to take with us. I can't see us really doing it with eight dogs and four cats and everything else. But, um, you know, they left all that behind. So they ended up with just them, the two of them. Um, so possibly possibly i'd like to think we could yeah uh, nature is also one of the strongest underlying themes throughout this book isn't it it's it's a constant in their journey and one that pushes them through each and every mile sometimes pretty horrendous weather as well um 
they both seem to sort of thrive in this wilderness, didn't they? And actually, Moth's health seemed to improve. What did you make of that? What did you think about that, Stella? Yeah, it was, really it was really surprising, wasn't it? He, the diagnosis seemed to be so severe and he was told that he had to rest and walking 630 miles of actually very um, difficult um, path, a lot of it. I think, isn't it something like the equivalent of walking Everest four times? So it's very <laughs> up and down. It's not just a flat path. I, yeah. It's astonishing that that actually improved his health, but it mm. does make, I mean, the human body is designed to walk, to move and yeah. to walk. So I don't know if it was just, I mean, how many steps did they do every day? Well over 10,000, I'm sure. I don't, know if, I don't know if it was doing the steps that really helped his health, but somehow it, it, it really helped them. I mean, their diet wasn't brilliant. I guess they didn't eat a lot of processed food. But they weren't able to afford to eat particularly health healthily. So, yeah, yeah. I, I, just astonishing, isn't it? I wonder what, you know, what his consultant would have made of that, really. You know, that whole improvement in his neurological health and um, undertaking that walk. He would never have been uh, advised to do that, would he? He would have been the opposite, like you say, rest. Um, but... Uh, I believe you know moth is still uh, is still is still alive he's still okay and still undertaking some walks as well um so yeah i mean they were they seemed to thrive in that wilderness and they loved the sea and the wind and they were uplifted by the wind in there um even even in the stormier darker days and then there was the wildlife and then there was the cows rustling around the tent, if you remember that bit, and swarms of lady words wishing them good luck and dogs peeing on the tent and birds sending greetings from above. I mean, you know, they had so much to contend with and they were bathing in the streams. I was quite shocked. Joe, you mentioned the homelessness, the homelessness bit. It was quite shocking, wasn't it, when people... Asked them on the way, on their journey, what do you do? Assumed that they were on some sort of elderly gap year. And then when they explained that they were actually homeless, they'd lost everything. Suddenly some people turned away from them because of that. How did you find that in the book, Joe? Well, like I said before, that they did do that. And I found it shocking that people would kind of turn their back on um, other human beings who were down on their luck like that. Now, it doesn't mm. surprise me altogether the way the homeless people are regarded. Um, and I, there was a point where they were trying to decide, shall we carry on calling ourselves homeless? Mm. Don't like having to go through this every time we meet people. I think there were a few people they met towards the end of the first leg, going down to Land's End, who were a little more charitable, yeah. who um, helped them a bit more and fed them. So um, not everybody was um, was like that. Didn't they have a friend as well who they ended up spending a winter in her barn? Um, she gave them, you know, uh, shelter, if you like, for the winter because it was going to be really difficult. Um, but in return for that, they did quite a lot of work on the barn, didn't they? And, and did it up for their friend. Um, how, did, how did you feel about that? Did you have mixed feelings about about that bit when you were reading it? I mean, did you think that 
maybe it wasn't such a friendship thing to do, considering that Moth was so poorly and was clearly struggling, that sort of to expect them to do up a barn in in return for living there for free. Um, I just, I wondered about that. I thought, mm, I'm not really sure how, <laughs> you know, what a friendship kind of term that was, really. I don't know what you all thought. I I mean, I, I think it like left a bad taste in your mouth when basically she wanted them to go. After they'd done the work, she clearly didn't want them to hang around any longer. Um, mm. So, yes, it, 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 you did feel that that was particularly hard for them, that it wasn't home, was it, really? They, they were just residing there to, to stay out yeah. of the winter. Um, so although it did give them a respite, um, he certainly had to work f for it. The amount yeah. of work. And there's quite a few descriptions in the book of how much that took out of him as well aren't there you know in terms of his pain levels in terms of how he you know was coping at the end of a day I mean he could hardly move and um, so you know although he was a lot improved he was clearly struggling with the health condition that he had um, and also the fact that she ended up having to go and shear sheep and yes you know do a lot of manual labour to try and help them out as well and get some money yeah definitely I mean that, that was one of the things that I thought it was amazing she turned into some sort of Australian sheep shearer kind of towards the end of the book and you know she was a, she was an amazingly up for anything kind of woman isn't she um I'm full of admiration for that um so this isn't the only book that she's written she has written a sequel which is called um The Wild Silence so if anyone really loves this book when they read it there is another one that you can carry on to find out what happens next to them is it a book that you would recommend for for a book club guys obviously it's non-fiction so uh, what do you think joe would you recommend it yeah i think so because it was certainly at the time that we read it it was the talk of the town in the book world Everybody was reading The Salt Bath, so I think we were quite right to read it. I wasn't a huge fan of it, but I'm glad we read it and managed to talk about it and all the issues it raised. Um, Stella, what did you think? Is it a book club read? Yes, it is. Um, I enjoyed it and I was really, really looking forward to the descriptions of the, part, the coastal path and so on and so forth. And they were in there. There weren't tons of description of the coastal path in there, but they were in there. And... It was really, really enjoyable and incredible to think um, what what they did. One thing mm. that really struck me, though, that I'll very quickly mention is that actually this, I think they did the walk in 2013, 2014. So things have changed slightly. But I was very struck by the fact that their total, I don't know if it's tax credits or benefits, whatever it was, the total they got as a couple was £48 a week. So that's £200, just over £200 a month for a couple. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, it did strike me, as I'm not entirely sure how people are, that's another conversation, but how people are meant to live on that amount of money. And in fact, they lost some of their benefit along the way, didn't they, Stella, just by the fact that I don't think they renewed it on time or something, and then they lost some of it. So they were actually living on much less than that as well, yeah. you know. It's incredible, really. 
Um, Jackie, do you think it's a good book for a book club discussion? Yes, absolutely. And um, although you know it's not dripping with description, with it, nestled within the story itself, there's these little gems of description that that come out every so often. Um, and I really, really enjoyed it. Mm, I know you did. I remember it at the time. You loved it. And you made me promise that I would buy you the sequel for Christmas, which I did. So did you read the sequel, The Wild Silence? And what did you think of that one? I enjoyed the first part of it, which was their story, because I really wanted to find out what happened to them when they um, settled in, their, in Cornwall for their new next phase of their life and I very much enjoy learning about how they get their next house and the people that um, basically help them do that and the way that they try to re um, rejuvenate this this very old property however once they decided to go on another long walk and they went to Iceland mm because again Moss's health was deteriorating and they decided to go off maybe it would stem the tide again if they go off and do this other trek they went with a couple of friends in the wild silence um, and I enjoyed it but not to the same extent it was fascinating obviously hearing about the different environment and uh, extreme struggles that they had you know to just physically walk that sort of land um, but it wasn't the sort of book that I just had to pick up and read whereas the first one I just wanted to read and read and read it and keep reading it this one I had to make myself really get to the end and I would have liked more information on the life of that they were having in Cornwall and how they were continuing to build up that new farm Maybe that's the third book. Maybe that's the third book she's going to write. I think could be, couldn't it? Um, so, so after spending a lifetime creating the life and the home that they loved in Wales, what is there to do when it's all lost and taken from you? Sounds like the answer is walk 630 miles. Um, that's the answer. So, guys, is there anything else you want to say before we finish this podcast anything not covered no Are you happy i'm happy it's too hot can't spend too long tonight so next time we'll be talking about normal people by sally rooney until then i'd like to thank all you listeners out there for listening to us again and we will be back Probably in about a month's time, because it's summer, we're taking a little bit of a break from our fortnightly podcasting. So until then, we'd like to say bye for now. Bye. bye. Thank you for listening to Gloucester Book Club's podcasts. You can listen on Anchor FM. Google and Apple Podcasts, Spotify and many more.